Four Degrees to the Streets is designed to empower anyone curious about places and spaces, not just persons with professional degrees or backgrounds. Here we will cover a host of topics, including transportation, health, housing, and the environment through the lens of racism, classism, and sexism, and give listeners the tools they need to overcome institutional barriers. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the number four degrees pod and tune in every other Tuesday where Nemo and Jazz keep it four degrees to the streets. Welcome back to the four degrees to the streets podcast. You are officially in Black History Month. This is our first episode of Black History Month. And as we talked about in our last episode, our theme this year for Black History Month is being physically active in public space as a Black person and how urban design and urban policies influence your experience or those experiences in place. Before we get into the episode, we have some guests with us. But Nemo, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Um, despite Mercury being in lemonade or microbraid, I feel like there's a lot going on between like my myself, people in my life. It's been an interesting transition uh, to the year so far, but what's going on with you? All is well that ends well. I feel like I'm finally out of the holiday season. I know you talked about saying Happy New Year till April. I'm done. <laughs> Say Happy New Year. It's just hello and goodbye. Um, everything's going well. Yeah, so I'm really excited today. Um, I, one of the things I love most about um, the Four Degrees to the Street podcast is there's always something in public space or the environment that I can connect to people um, that I know in my life who are doing amazing things. Um, and so today we have Free Flow Fit here today um, from the Seattle-Tacoma area of Washington State, um, co-founded by Shantia Walton and Adeze Madani. And Freepo Flit is a 501c3 nonprofit health and fitness organization, and their mission is to make health and fitness more affordable, inclusive, and accessible for the minority community. And the vision of Free Flow Fit is to help underprivileged minority communities develop healthy lifestyles through our services. We are changing the culture around health and fitness in our community. And just reading this description, it truly hits on a lot of what Jasmine already started to mention and why it's such a good fit. Um, you know, when we when we see free flow, free flow fit and we um, know the work you all do in the community, but even just to see people working out, whether that's in gyms, whether that's in parks, we may not think about how that connects to policy and how that connects to, um, to the urban environment. You know, if you're just like, well, they're just getting a good workout, but how they're interacting in those spaces are important. Um, and so before we get into some of the questions, just wanted to touch on what that looks like and what that means from a data perspective. So when we think about racial disparities in physical activity, um, because one thing, you know, Jasmine and I do not hide on this fact of the podcast and you all see our faces on social media, we are black and we are black women. Um, and that's, that is never questioned or confused. And so we're talking specifically about these disparities for the black community um, and our black and brown uh, neighbors. And so a lot of this comes from lack of access to opportunities. And so the CDC had a survey that collected information from 2017 to 2020. And in that survey, black and brown folks responded as most physically inactive groups compared to other races. And that's not by accident. Um, and so I'll let Jasmine talk a little bit more about that. So I'm glad Nemo brought up this data point because it's 
a very useful one. So understanding that um, Black people are one of the least physically active groups you have to turn to. Okay, well, where are the opportunities for people to be physically active? On one instance, you can go to a gym and your neighbor, you can pay, whether it's a dollar a month or $10 a month or $300 a month if you live in LA, and you can go to a gym and work out. Or you have the opportunity to do so in your community, whether that's passively through you walk to your place of employment, you walk to the grocery store, you bike to those places, or you could do so um, intentionally, but still in your own neighborhood, whether you're going to the park to jog or to exercise um, and various measures like that. And so we spend a lot of time in this podcast, and you can refer to previous episodes on the quality of the built environment in Black neighborhoods. And we've talked a lot about the lack of water walkability, the accessibility to parks, and then the quality of those parks. And so park score is a uh, data point that comes to mind. It's done by Trust for Public Land. You have walk score, and you can directly compare walkability and park access and census tract data to compare, like, the population of minorities in that particular place. And so those are some of the barriers that we know exist to being physically active. And so Nemo, what are some of the outcomes, um, the public health outcomes that are associated with those barriers to physical activity? Yeah, so the latest data from the Center for Disease Control, um, and that was in 2018, found that for Black, non-Hispanic Black women and men, the leading cause of death was heart disease. Um, and so about 23 to 24% of the population of Black adults are dying at heart disease, and that's from various ages, um, followed by cancer um, and then stroke for Black women and then Alzheimer's disease for Black men, uh, but across the board, heart disease. Um, but what are some of the risk factors for heart disease? That includes high blood pressure, high cholesterol, smoking, diabetes, overweight, obesity, um, unhealthy diet, physical inactivity, and excessive alcohol use. So some things in there are genetic, some things are environmental, some things are also choice as well. Um, and so we want to acknowledge a lot of times when we see health data, it positions Black people as, oh, well, they're just naturally unhealthy, or this is why. And so we're really hoping that through this episode and through this conversation, again, as we've done in previous episodes, is really debunk that, we really break down the data and talk about it from a real place rather than just the numbers. Um, and so without further ado, um, Jasmine and I just gave our little spiel. <laughs> so we'll now turn it over um, to our special guest um, to get into it. And so um, free, flow, free Flow Fit, I'm going to get it. Like that, that's my third time tripping on the words, but I'm going to get it. Um, tell us about yourselves, your background, your location, your hometown, what you do, um, and then also what inspired Free Flow Fit. And I will um, let Shantia Rodeze take it away. Okay. Hey, everybody. I'm Shantia. Uh, my community calls me Queen Shantia. Queen um, <laughs> so I'll say a little bit about myself, um, where I'm from. I'm originally from Detroit, Michigan, Flint, Michigan as well. I was born in Michigan and raised in Flint until I was about 10 years old. And that's when my mom moved us to Washington State. And I've been here ever since. Um, I went, I live mostly in the Tacoma Lakewood area, so Pierce County. Um, that's where I went to all of my schools until college. So I went to the University of Washington, Seattle um, from 2011 to 2015. That's actually where I met Queen Adeze. Um, we uh, connected there, uh, basically being 
one of the only black and brown people in that area. I mean, honestly, there's not that many at UW. So it wasn't hard to find her and know who she was. Um, so yeah, that's where we actually connected. Um, and I got my degree in early childhood and family studies, so I'm education major. Um, and then after I graduated, I pre predominantly worked in nonprofit organizations, which is kind of how um, we've gotten the idea of Free Flow Fit, but I'll get to that later. Um, another thing about me is that I did sports growing up, so I was a pretty active kid, but I stopped moving my body when I got to college. When I got to college, it was all about working, uh, being a full-time student and volunteering in my community, and then I like left no room for actually working on me. Um, and I think I had a disconnection of sports really allowed me to move my body and keep me active. I had that disconnection of um, you should still be going to the gym to stay active, even though you're not in a sport now. Like I just didn't make the correlation until later on. So um, I didn't get back to moving my body until my senior year of college, which is where I did some at-home workouts in my own living room, um, lost a little bit of weight. But then after I graduated, that's when I got my first gym membership. Um, and I was working out for like almost a year when I decided to get um, a group fitness instructor um, certification. And then from there, it kind of grew my passion for health and fitness. Um, after I got my group fitness instructor, I became a kickboxing instructor. And then I got my personal training degree or degree certification. And then my uh, nutrition coach um, certification a couple years after that. So now in 2023, if you fast forward, I've now been in fitness professionally for about six years since 2017. And I love it. Um, it's my passion. And I love giving back to my community. And I feel like me and Adeze can both talk about free flow fit in a second. I just want to like, take a moment to let her then talk about herself a little bit. But that's a little bit about me. Hopefully I answered all the questions. <laughs> Nemo. I think I did. Okay, so go ahead, Queen. <laughs> Appreciate you, Queen. Thank you. And first and foremost, thank you, Nemo, again. And thank you, Jasmine, for even bringing us on uh, to your podcast. Very, very grateful for that. A little bit about me. Well, born and raised in the Seattle, well, more specifically, Federal Way, uh, Washington. But because I'm sure those who are tuning in right now don't know where Federal Way is at, we're just going to say Seattle, Washington. I am one of five children, so I'm the oldest um, of five children, both parents, born and raised in Nigeria, um, and yeah, they came to America here and uh, had five children, and I'm one of the five, so <laughs> that's a little bit about my, just like my location background, still in the Seattle area. Um, as far as fitness goes, I was, I've been pretty active, like my whole life. I actually started with gymnastics. Gymnastics I did for a couple of years. A lot of people actually don't know that about me, but that's where I really accumulated a lot of my strength or built a lot of my strength up. Um, but fast forward to like middle school, then going into high school, I got myself into track and field and uh, basketball um, at the same time. So, you know, with basketball, you know, basketball is basketball. <laughs> Love the game. And then as far as track and field, just, just a lot of fun. I did the, I did sprints, I did field games, well, one specific field games shot put. Um, and then fast forward to college, I rode. That's another thing that a lot of people don't know about me. I, I rode uh, for the collegiate team, University of Washington for a year. And then after that, I just basically stopped. You know, after that first year, I decided not to continue on. Um, I just wanted to focus on school and also focus on my, 
you know, health, overall health and wellness, because that's very important. And sophomore, junior year was definitely a tough time for me, you know, and people handle stress differently. You know, for some, they lose weight, they gain weight, others, they lose weight. It ended up, for me, I ended up losing um, a good amount of weight um, my junior year. So um, that's just because I wasn't eating a lot. And, you know, I just really wasn't taking care of my health all that much. And, you know, obviously mental health, it's very important. So um, I definitely got a better grasp of that later on um, towards that year. And then going into my senior year, that's when I started to take fitness a lot more seriously, because I know that if, if I take care of the physical aspect of, you know, my life, um, it's going to help lead into other aspects of my life. And it really did that. So I found myself doing long runs to Gasworks and back to my dorm. You know, I found myself in the gym often. I try my best to be active at least five days a week. Um, and then on top of that, I also made sure that I was eating, you know, to obviously keep me, keep me going and just remain healthy and whatnot. And when I say eating, I'm not saying just eating anything. I actually really made sure that I was just eating, eating decently, you know? Um, so yeah, that's a little bit about just fitness or just my fitness background. Um, and as far as just how Queen and I met, we met at, I know she talked about this already. We met at UW and as she had mentioned, it's, it's really hard to not like know the black people <laughs> in University of Washington. It's cause there's, there's just so few, few in between, you know, there's, there's not a lot of us. So we definitely ran into each other multiple times. And a lot of the organizations that we were both a part of, that's where we, you know, we were able to meet. But it's so interesting because at that time we weren't, I mean, we knew of each other, but there really wasn't anything that made us like hang out outside of those um, environments. It's only until we started getting to getting into fitness a little bit more seriously. Well, I'll just say Shantia got into uh, fitness a little bit more seriously post-college. And to be quite honest, I was following her lead. I just noticed that um, she made a post about her getting her NASM certification. And I was like, oh my God, that's great. And at the time I was definitely working out and whatnot, but I, I just knew what fitness does for me. It really is the way I, I handle stress. Like I can be really, really upset with something. I go out for a run or I go to the gym and just let off steam in that way. And I'm feeling amazing. So I know what it can do for me. And it was really cool to know that I had, that there's someone out there that I know that I went to school with that's on that fitness coaching route. So I decided to honestly have a meeting with her. I actually took her out to lunch um, just because I wanted to learn more about how she went about getting her certification. Um, and yeah, and then before you know it, a couple, I believe it was maybe a year or two later, I would say maybe a year later, uh, we did an event together. And actually, I'm going to let Queen talk more about that. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and let you talk about that. Yeah, so um, Emoja Fest. I don't know if any of you have ever heard of it, but it happens in Seattle and it's been going on, I think, well over 20 years, maybe. Yeah, um, and it happens every summer and it's usually a few days long, like for a whole weekend um, in like the South Seattle area, CD area, things like that, um, where they literally um, are celebrating and um, what's the word? Embracing all things 
African culture, Black culture, just people of color in our community. Um, there's fashion shows, there's performances, there's food, there's vendors, it's just everything. There's marching, just everything, uh, bands. It's just so cool. You see high schoolers get involved and it's just so cool. It's all about the community and it's a big celebration and it's Emoji Fest, so it's amazing. Um, well, this year, the particular year was 2019. It was right before COVID. Um, Adeze got asked by one of the people kind of in charge of running things if she could put on like a fitness section, like the very first fitness um, workout uh, uh, ever in Emoja Fest history, right? Um, and she was like, okay, cool. Well, also, let me reach out to me, Shantia, to like get somebody who's certified and who I feel like knows what she's doing. So she reached out to me. I was like, yes, of course. It, my people and I know Emoja Fest, I would love to. This would be great. I think this is like being part of history. That'd be cool. Um, so I said yes. We did it. We did it with another um, young lady that we knew. She um, she brought like the dancing aspect to it. So what we did was we made a workout together. Me and Ada kind of led it, and then at the end, Gigi, the other uh, black woman, she kind of led like a cool down, but it was a dancing cool down to Brown Skin Girl. So it was really cool. It was really really cool. It was perfect, and we had a good amount of people. This was outside. Um, no, well, that was uh, Jimi Hendrix Park, I think. Yeah, it was at Junkins. I believe, uh, uh, ooh, Umoja Fest was at Junkins Park. It was in 2019? Yeah, it was. I, I, love, I love watching you guys, like, go back through history. <laughs> and, like, and people listening can't see what, what we're watching right now, but I'm yeah. just loving the, the energy of, <laughs> of it. That's how I'm we are. Was this the first free flow fit event, or was this how you all knew that you wanted so, to get no, together? So, no, okay. this was before. This is when Adeze was just Adeze, Shantia was just Shantia, just I'm the yeah. trainer, all that. We weren't free flow fit yet. This was 2019, right? Um, So pre free flow fit. Um, and so we do the workout. It was like 30 plus people doing the workout outside in the heat with us. We get off stage immediately. People bum rushed us like, yep. where can I find you guys? Um, where do you do this at um, consistently? Like, where's the next one at? And we're like, uh, this was a one-off. Like, <laughs> this was for the event. Like, uh, we don't we don't have nothing else after this. This, this is it. Um, you know, we didn't think after this moment. So we were kind of like, oh, well, maybe we should. And, you know, that was kind of like lingering in the back of our minds. And then, Adese, I can let you take over for the whole... Applebee's because sure. you know you brought them all together so oh, fast yeah. forward like later that year Adeze yeah <laughs> truly fast forward literally that same year um I was looking to just bring the black trainers together in some way shape or form I didn't know what I was exactly looking for but I did know that I wanted to highlight um the black trainers in the Seattle area and at that time, I would say, let's see, October, I started to run my own classes at Columbia City Fitness Center, just because I wanted to start to just get some type of um, practice, you know, with doing group fitness classes. Because to be quite honest, when we were at Umoja, when we did the event for Emoja, that was my first time being in front of people and teaching and leading. So I'm so thankful that Queen was there, Queen Shanti, because she has experience with that. She's a certified personal trainer. She was a certified ripped instructor. She had that experience. So, I mean, it worked out perfectly. So in my mind, I'm like, you know what? You definitely need to start, you know, getting some experience, getting your feet wet and just learning, you know, and probably could have done it a, a better way. I probably could have just, you know, done classes under somebody, but I just, I wanted to see what it felt like just to kind of run my own thing. Um, so 
with that though, um, when I was, I was also working at 24 hour fitness and I, so kind of what I had in my mind was it'll be so dope to be able to highlight black fitness trainers, both male and female within the month of February for black history month. And what I originally thought for this was, okay, it'll be dope to be, bring them at, you know, to Columbia city fitness center and we can do some type of event. I have no idea what that event was going to look like, but I figured let's just get everybody that I, I personally knew. So um, at 24 hour fitness, there was two uh, black uh, male trainers. So uh, yeah, I'm trying to think about the timeline here or when we even had these conversations, but I had a conversation with one of them, one of the guys. And then I would say a week later, I met the other guy. I didn't even know that he worked at 24 hour fitness. And the, so we had already set the meeting um, for us to all meet. And obviously Queen was a part of that meeting. I was like, oh yeah, Queen's already going to be there. The day before that meeting, um, I ended up meeting the other guy and he was like, yeah, let's join. I, I'm, I'm down. I definitely want to hear more about what you're planning on doing or what we can do, you know, in a collaborative effort. So we have the meeting at Applebee's. I believe it was on a Friday. Um, there were four of us at the time, right? And, you know, we're both, so two black female trainers, two black male trainers sitting at Applebee's, right? Getting to know each other. I don't think everybody knew each other at the time. Um, I knew everyone, but I don't think everybody knew everyone at that time. So what, what, what was really cool during that discussion, because I, I observed, right, it was really cool to see each and every one of us talk about all the health disparities and the things that are affecting our, the Black community health-wise, right? And it's interesting because imagine, we don't know each other like that, but that's the one thing we were able to come together on and have like an open, honest discussion about. And yeah, we were like, all right, we definitely got to do something for Black History Month, but what will that be? And Queen actually brought up the idea of turning it into a nonprofit because we wanted longevity. We're like, all right, if we do this thing for Black History Month, what's next? You know, we want to find a way that um, our people can tap into a resource, right? That's a, that can be available to them. And that's when Queen was like, yeah, let's definitely turn this into a, um, a nonprofit. Um, and we didn't know much about nonprofits, but she has a, a large, a big background with nonprofit uh, work because that's just what she's been working within. So yeah, we ended up throwing some names around and Free Flow Fit was born at some point. Somebody had said Free Flow Fit and I'm sure somebody had said, ooh, that sounds good. We free, we flow, we fit. And we came up with the name and we came up with the slogan right there and then. And it's so crazy because that was in November, November of 2019, right? November, uh, excuse me, January 14th, 2020 is when we made it official. We actually got registered, right? And then the pandemic happened, right? But even within the pandemic, we were still able to grow a, a following, you know, even though we were on Zoom, we were having people tuning in from Ireland, from the UK, from Nigeria, you know, from the East Coast. So New York, um, Chicago, I believe Atlanta, we had somebody from Atlanta tuning in, which was so, it was just, it was just amazing, you know, and that definitely kept us going. And obviously at some point, we definitely wanted to go back in, you know, back to uh, in-person training. Fast forward to now, we're still going strong. We're on our, we're in our third year of business. Based on the demand you saw after the event, how would you both describe the built environment in predominantly Black neighborhoods around Seattle? Based on your experience, whether you lived in one or you lived in a different neighborhood, 
neighborhood, when you go to those places or if you lived in one, how would you describe them? Would you feel like there's enough opportunity for someone to be physically active outdoors in their own community if they live in a predominantly black neighborhood in the Seattle area? So just want to get your opinions on that to kind of shape the demand you guys saw at the event. So for me, I didn't live in Seattle until um, I, I was a freshman at UW. And then I was predominantly in the U district, which is right pretty much on campus, pretty much. It's like you're right off campus. So the areas that I have I have seen in Seattle, for one, overall, the city is just very congested and crowded and just there's sidewalks are not really sidewalks. And if they are, especially in Black communities, it's like not clear. It's it's a little messy. There's not bike lanes. Like if it's in a predominantly like black community, and if it, it what's crazy is gentrification is happening everywhere in the city. So I feel like a predominantly black community, maybe if it was predominantly black 15 years ago, didn't look so good. Now it looks amazing because all these white people are moving in. <laughs> so when I was a student, which was almost 10 years ago when I graduated, um, some of these areas did not look good, but now they look amazing. And that's not by accident, they're being gentrified. So some of these places didn't have bike lanes, now have bike lanes. Some of these places that didn't have, that had a very old sidewalk that was clearly ran down are now brand new sidewalks, brand new streets. Um, but in not a lot of these neighborhoods that are still not um, gentrified all the way yet, there are streets, you, you, all you have is street parking because there's barely any garages in Seattle. So you have people parking on both sides <laughs> and then a little bit of space in the middle. So, I mean, if I were to just look at that neighborhood, I wouldn't want to go on a run there. It's like, for one, it, it doesn't look nice. And two, it's crowded and you don't know who's about to pop out and homelessness. Right. And yeah, so yeah, I don't know if I answered the question, but definitely you can see the differences you know, a neighborhood that's predominantly white, got your Whole Foods, got your your uh, your green, uh, I forgot the name of the lake, Green Lake, I think it's called, that park, yeah, Greenwood, or one of those parks, like, yeah. you, you have a little trails, you can run at the near park, you know, it's very obvious, the disparities and the, the issues that are black versus a white neighborhood in Seattle, hell, even in Tacoma. What do you find are the biggest challenges to physical fitness in public spaces, specifically for Black people? <laughs> yeah, I think the biggest thing that I'm I'm continuing to see and run into is uh, lack of just accessibility of getting to these big areas or big box gyms or what have you, right? And then on top of that, money, right? Finances. Those two things I feel like are the biggest hurdles when it comes to our community. Um, but then at the same time, right, you can also give those things to your community and they'll still have an excuse as to why they can't, you know, get into their fitness or they can't better them, their health and wellness and whatnot, right? So even though those those two, I'm very certain that that's, that's definitely a hurdle, but I'm going to take it a little, <laughs> a step further here. Our mindsets, I think our mindsets uh, is really what's hurting us, to be quite honest, because fitness is more of a mind game than it is a physical game, always will be, right? And I think that we find all these excuses as to why we can't put our health and fitness, right, as a priority, right? We blame our children, we blame our job, we blame, we blame not having enough, enough time, right? 
truly it's it's just fine you got to learn how to find the time to take care of your health and wellness so going back to that question yes i do do believe that finances do, do have a role in just folks not being able to or are people not being able to you know have access to a gym or facility to work out in um and then as well as just the um the lack of accessibility getting to those places as well too. So Adeze discussed mindset with some of the challenges to physical fitness and public space um, and accessibility. So being able to get to places to get physical fitness, whether that's outside, whether that's in a gym. Um, and so my follow-up was, is, it, is the mindset connected to history? Is it connected to culture and how we view what it is to be physically active outside? Yes, um, I, I de- it's crazy because I wrote this down. This is the only thing I wrote down off of these questions. And everything else, I was like, oh, I can just, I won't forget my answer. But this one, I was like, I want to make sure I really, really write this down so I don't forget it. So when I read your question, this first question, or this one that you, we're talking about now, the first thing I wrote down was American history. Because I feel like everything is correlated to that. Like, we want to talk about specifically why our people are in this um this disparity, these health disparities, and why our statistics are this high for these health diseases or these health conditions. Um, I think everything is related to American history. If you look at American history and how we were brought here and where we started out as, we were slaves, right? And that's where our history starts in this country. Well, we didn't have any representation, for one, of people that look like us moving their bodies. Um, And then, we also, from us being slaves and not having anything, once we were brought here, right, we didn't have money. So people don't, yeah. our, a lot of our people are still suffering today, <laughs> my own family. Um, now I can say I'm not low income because I've made a good living for myself, but I come from that. I come from the cycle, the generational cycles of uh, no money, low income, poor, barely getting by, single parent house homes, government assistance, you know, so you don't even have the finances to even think about this privilege of, say, getting a personal trainer and teaching you how to work out and teaching you how to move your body. Like, mm-hmm. all that costs money. All that is a privilege, right? Well, if you don't even have the money, how can you even think to do that? Um, so finances, I think, is huge. I think the neighborhoods we live in, predominantly, if you're a person of color, and especially if you're low income, you're not in a neighborhood that you even want to be outside. Um, so that is, is a barrier. Um, I think with us being slaves here, we we were given little scraps and scrapes of what uh, they would give us to feed us, right? So our diets from the start of our history here were horrible. Mm-hmm. We're, we're eating all the unhealthy parts of the of the animal. We're 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 deep frying it. We're over seasoning. We're putting soup, all this sugar in our Kool Aid. Like all these things culturally is what we've passed on, right? So that that our diet, what we're eating, what we're putting in our body is not good but that's what we're, you know, passing on generation to generation. And then now specifically in our generation, I feel like, so from like early 2000s, or if you were born in the 90s or the 80s, the people um, that are adults now are living a very sedentary lifestyle. Like a lot of people are sitting, not just black people, but people in general are sitting, are not moving their body, are on their couches, are not walking, driving, not even riding the bikes. You barely see people ride their bikes. And if you do, they're white and they have bike lanes. <laughs> so like, there's so many things, but I feel like it always connects back to our history where it started here in this uh, country, right? So now what 
what me and Queen been trying to do is to have that representation, to eliminate the barriers that we literally just talked about, to come to you, to come to your neighborhood, to teach you how to eat better, how you can still eat some of your favorite food, but how to cook it better. Um, and and to, to talk about eliminating those uh, finance, financial barriers, like, okay, we'll have free events, we'll have free workouts, we'll have uh, very low cost to things that we make you pay for. Like, those are the things that we're trying to change little by little, eliminating those barriers because everything relates back to our history. So yeah, hopefully that answered that question. <laughs> Shanti, I thank you for that um, explanation and tying it back to American history because I think that, and I'm, I'm going to, I guess, kind of push back I'm going to say that it's the American way, right? Because when we look at the statistics, the health conditions that impact Americans versus the health conditions that are impacting other people in other nations, we are the ones who are experiencing heart disease and cancer and high blood pressure and all these other conditions at higher rates than others. And so I agree that Black Americans, through the stripping of our of our, our own culture and our own traditions and ethnicities, have caused us to have these disproportionately higher things. But I think that's Americanization of oh, us. That once people spend more and more time in this nation, they become fatter and sicker and slower and more sedentary because oh, that's, that's the nice. American way. Mm-hmm. Oh, and that's what I was saying. Yes. I don't know if it didn't make sense, but that's what I was saying. That's why I kept saying once we got here. Like mm -hmm. our history, once we start here in this country, specifically American history, American ways, American diet. Oh, yeah. No, I completely agree. Couldn't agree more. Matter mm -hmm. of fact, part of my journey, the reason why I started eating better um, was junior year of college. I studied abroad to Italy and they ate way better and I cooked more at home and I didn't eat college food. So that was actually part of a huge reason why I'm I'm passionate about the food and moving your body. That actually started my health and fitness journey, was going to Italy when I studied abroad. Yeah, most definitely. You see the difference, cultural difference. Mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing. I, I'm going to turn the tables now. And so you both were athletes, whether in high school or in college. And so I'm going to ask a question, kind of trying to tie in the additional benefits of being physically active or having a positive nutrition. What are the ways beyond maybe an improved physique or looking better that fitness or nutrition has impacted your life, whether it's mentally or socially for you guys, it enabled you to start a nonprofit, but what are the ways that fitness has improved your life in other ways beyond the way that you look or where that you appear? Shoot. Well, for me, it's improved all aspects of my life. I like to tell people, this is just what I always say, if I had a um, a 60 second spiel or even just a phrase or just a, um, a sentence to just say, categorize or just explain how fitness has or what fitness can do for you. Um, it would be this fitness is a vehicle to help you elevate or ascend to higher versions of yourself or other through other aspects of your life, if that makes sense. So fitness is a vehicle you can use to help elevate other aspects of your life. Because when you think about fitness, right, obviously it's not just about the aesthetics. Now you're creating longevity for yourself, right? The more you exercise on a regular basis, um, just consistently, you're gonna create longevity for yourself and you're gonna, your heart's gonna be a lot healthier, right? But on top of that, it also can help you create discipline. You know, it can help you with your mindset, it can help you with your overall mental state of mind. Um, yeah, and it also too, I feel like 
fitness is the healthier way to uh, deal with stress. You know, there's so many different types of, um, I guess, I don't want to say drugs, but just other, there are other substances, other things that people can utilize to, you know, ease the pain. But fitness is one of those things where it's, it's so underrated. That's one of the best ways to keep yourself healthy, but also to keep your mind healthy as well. Go ahead, Queen. Absolutely. Um, I would say just like Queen, um, once I, the, the, it's like a night and day difference from those few years where I was in college, not moving my body really at all, um, versus when I started moving my body, for one, my energy went up. And people always comment on me and Queen's energy. Oh my God, you got positive energy, high energy. How come you got all this energy? As soon as you get up, you're just ready to go. Well, I move my body, right? And people don't realize all the benefits that come with being physically active and eating better. Like people don't realize it. A lot of people start out because they're either trying to, they're trying to physically look a certain way, right? They don't fit in the right, in their favorite jeans like they used to. They see the rows, whatever. They don't physically look, feel good. So their self-esteem might be low, all that. Well, there's so many other benefits than just you looking better. You feel better, which means once you feel better, everything else in your life can fall better into place. Like your personal relationships will get better. Um, your, you can get more disciplined about your other goals in your life outside of fitness. I, I feel like fitness gave me a lot of discipline. Um, it's taught me how to be consistent and you will see results. Um, it, it's taught me a lot in life. It's just like the more you push yourself physically, the more you can push yourself in all other ways. And just like Queen said, it, it really does help you mentally as well. Um, you, you, there's a lot of research out there that shows all the benefits and it shows how, if you're not as active, you're more likely to be depressed and all those things. So it's just, it's, there's an endless list of the benefits of moving your body and eating better. Um, and I keep saying eating better too, cause that's a large piece that people don't realize that that's part of being healthy. It's like not only moving your body, cause some people look the part, but on the inside might not be that healthy because they're eating bull crap. So that's why I like to combine them both and not just say one without the other. But yeah, so many, so many benefits outside of physically looking better. I love both of the responses that you all shared. And I can definitely relate to kind of that before and after being physically active. So in COVID, to keep myself sane, I would do Pilates in the morning or do some cardio in the evening, just trying to like figure out what a workout routine looked like. And that was my first time creating a workout routine because of COVID and then got into strength training um, four or five days a week and, you know, throwing, throwing, throwing iron around in the gym, feeling like a strong, feeling like a strong girl for the first time, right? Like don't yeah. skip arms. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and it does, it's so funny. I always think about how, cause I'm like, girl, how, how'd you do it? And you were like, do some lunges. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I can, I can get my waist snatched too. Um, but I know, um, Jasmine and I both start, like, as we've done the podcast over the, you know, pandemic too, we've also talked about that aspect of our personal lives and our fitness and uh, mental health journeys too. Um, so I'm, Jasmine, I'm curious, what has, I guess, how has physical fitness also impacted your life? Um, it definitely started off with wanting to look better. My jeans were not, not fitting. I had to buy new ones. And I was like, okay, this is not going to work. I don't like this version of myself. Um, but through it, in the pandemic, of course, you're experiencing isolation from family and friends. And so there was like a mental component for me from working out. I took the initiative and I'm very privileged to have been able to afford to go to a personal trainer and go to one of them gyms that's $200 a month where all the bodybuilders and all that stuff is 
And so I wasn't expecting it, but it definitely lifted me out of, of some sadness and some anxiety and things that I was experiencing. And I really agree that like fitness is one of the better ways to alleviate stress, to alleviate all types of um, like negative emotions you may have. And so it's something that I wasn't expecting. It was an unintended consequence. But now that it's part of my life, it's definitely even just on a like a little personal since we were sharing on a podcast as I was going through a breakup every time time I wanted to text my old man I was like I'm gonna go to the gym I'm gonna go do some 20 20 minutes real, real quick and we're gonna forget about it but I'm gonna still be fit and it really really helped me instead of eating Chick-fil-a or eating McDonald's or going to get ice cream I was like well let me invest in my body instead of going and having this comfort meal I'm gonna go get them same endorphins in the gym and it was transformative for my recovery and for my body as well yes mm. Mm. Uh, music <laughs> to my ears just in this conversation, I, you know, we usually like to close um, each recording with each person sharing takeaways, or if there's one thing that's kind of been on your heart and mind that you've been thinking of that you wanted to share, um, we just like to go around and give everyone a chance to do that. Um, you all did mention this is um, almost three, about three years um, since Free Flow Fit has been around, so we definitely also want to hear what plans you have. Um, so yeah, just kind of what's what's on your mind, a takeaway, and um, maybe something exciting for for folks to look forward to this year. Well, yeah, you know, it's our three-year um, anniversary here soon, January 14th to be exact. We actually will be having a three-year anniversary party coming up. Um, I believe we settled on either March, uh, February or March. I, when, we'll let you know. Follow us on IG, Free Flow Fit or at free flow fit everything is free flow fit if you also want to um just look check out our website everything is free flow fit without the w so f-r-e-e-f-l-o-f-i-t right okay cool we free we flow we fit <laughs> but aside from that we will also be having our uh, third annual fit melanin summer event that's going to be i believe the first week of july and we're also planning some other uh, great events uh, this month, or excuse me, this year as well. So look, definitely look out for that. But if you are in the Seattle area, I highly recommend <laughs> you partake in Fit Melanin Summer. It is an amazing event. We The main purpose of the event is to just make fitness, health, and wellness the forefront, all while supporting the BIPOC community aka you know the black the black folks right well BIPOC black all anything BIPOC related we want to be able to highlight their businesses as well as move our bodies so we want to be doing both of those things so within the month or excuse me within that day or within the four hours uh we have three to four different workouts uh, throughout the day so it's either going to be like a hit workout a dance workout a mobility workout a primal flow workout yoga workout whatever have you. And then aside from that, we also have like spoken word. We're going to have dance performances, cultural performances. So it's truly a festival. It's, it's a, it's a festival, but the main focus of the festival is moving our bodies. So you'll see vendors coming out from their, you know, their little setup and coming to move with us. So that's, that's really the main focus of that event. So if you're in the area, please come by. Honestly, it's going to be a great time to also connect with the community just in general. And yeah, get to know us a little bit more. Um, and then we do have another event that will be coming up later on, um, like latter end of the summer. And I know Queen has a couple of other things that I'm sure that I, that I missed, but 
she has probably a couple other things in her heart to share. Yeah, and just to quickly mention, since she was just talking about Fit Melon in Summer, it is an event that is to spotlight all black and brown owned businesses, black and brown fitness instructors. So we just want to make that clear that we do that on purpose because representation matters. And we're trying to show love to our own people in our own communities, you know? So I know one of the questions that we didn't get to was like, how do we pick a location when we're doing these outside events and workouts? We just try to pick where we know more people of color already frequently go or already live. So what's going to be more accessible for them? Because that's our... That's our um, demographics. Like anybody is always welcome to free flow fit. Anybody and their mom and their granddad can come, but our predominantly, you know, uh, I wouldn't say market demographics is brown and black, you know, minority underrepresented groups, you know? Um, And so let me segue to our episode takeaways. Um, I would say this just reminded me why I wanted to do free flow fit. Like us talking about the health disparities for our people, um, talking about the barriers, talking about the reasons why we feel like it does exist is the reasons why we're, we created Free Flow Fit. Like we want it to be that, that space, that organization, those people to be there for you and teach you the way because we felt like we didn't have that before. Mm-hmm. So we're just trying to kind of, you know, change the cycle <laughs> that we're we're currently in as Black people, right? And instead of complaining, like we can sit here and complain all day and talk about it, but we're like, how can we be the solution to this? We know it's a problem. We know it exists. We know it's not fair. We know it wasn't designed for us to, you know, it was designed this way for a reason. So it's doing what it's supposed to be doing, right? But how can we change that with just within ourselves, right? Um, so yeah, I, I think this episode and being um, invited to this podcast just really reminded me specifically why we do what we do. So it kind of reunites that fire that's already there, but put it even more um, underneath us because this is this is why we do what we do. We know these problems exist and we're trying to erase them, especially for our community. Yeah. Me, my takeaway for this episode, first of all, I want to say thank you both for joining. I'm really glad to get the chance to meet you guys virtually um and i wish i was in the seattle area because i would love to come to one of your events but come on down to la we could do something real quick i my biggest takeaway this kind of reminds me again of why i wanted to study urban planning and um get into the field because i wanted to build up the strength of black communities from from a public health perspective, I it's it's kind of crazy, Shantia, that you talked about being from Flint, being from Michigan, because that the the water crisis was happening around my sophomore year of college, and it was kind of like my driver for wanting to study urban planning. Um, and so it's just like a whole full circle moment having you guys on the podcast. But I think I'm reminded of, and I'm gonna get the quote kind of wrong, but he was the president of the American Public Health Association, and he once said that your zip code is a stronger determinant of your health outcomes than your genetic code. And so where you live and the environment that you grow up in and the people and the mindsets that they, that their their mindsets shape you and the built environment shapes you, that will determine what you eat, how often you exercise, the schools you go to, the neighborhood that you frequent, the number of trees in your neighborhood, the parks, all of those things. And so that if that can be the premise for this episode, I think that'd be a really good place. And so I will leave it to Nemo to give us her takeaway and take us out of the episode. 
Yeah, and um, I'm just like so filled by all the things that that you all have shared. And um, I, as uh, both Chuck T and Adeze, when you were sharing the events that you have coming up and how and why you started Free Flow Fit, I truly think you all are doing the something so, I don't even know if like remarkable as the world, but really trailblazing in a way in an organization to have this intention and to have this purpose and moving forward. And, um, you know, I've been out of the Seattle area now, like seven, eight years. <laughs> but um, like Jasmine said, seeing seeing all the events you all do, I wish I could like transport and like teleport myself because I haven't actually been able to, you know, I know that happens in the DC area, but I haven't had to, I haven't, seen the interview that I see that you all are doing in Seattle. I haven't been a part of that in DC yet. Um, and so I'm just, again, just thank you all for being on and sharing space with us today and getting to learn a little bit more about the organization and what you all do. Thank you. Thank you. We really, yeah. really appreciate y'all. And um, don't, we, let's not Let's let's speak into existence. We might be able to be more mobile than you think, because we're we're working on some things. We won't say everything, but we're we're working on some things. So we I love that. Get more well, I didn't even want to say certain things. I was like, oh, we have been on some event, and we have other things coming up because you know we we just gotta yeah we have yeah, to keep yeah. wraps right now. But. Yeah. But what what I will say is something that we are working on that I think we could talk about is that we are trying to create some type of online platform that way people who want to get our energy, our workouts and all that um, can get it from anywhere. So we are working on a, like a more consistent online platform that you guys can tap into. So stay tuned. <laughs> that is awesome. I'm so glad to hear that. Thank you for giving us a sneak Pete, y'all heard it here first. <laughs> heard it here fast. <laughs> so we are so excited. And you know, there is no there is no reason why y'all cannot come back. Y'all have an open invitation. We would love to continue these conversations. Um, so thank you again. Um, and thank you everyone for listening. Um, and this is the, we didn't we usually say it in the beginning. This is our sixth episode. Season three is already flying by. Um, but please stay tuned um, for more Black History Month content. Um, we'll also have a fundraiser going on this month um, and share more information on physical fitness and things that and resources for um, for you and people in your neighborhoods. And we drop episodes every other Tuesday. You can follow us at the number four degrees pod. And that is all for me. Hey, peace out, Joe. Hey, can we say this real quick? I want everybody to say it. We free, we flow, we fit. <laughs>